researching for your tribe. You know, the kind of women that really get you. We'll look no further. Join Kay and Dev every Friday for meaningful talks about everything woman. Get ready for laughs, love, and a few F-bombs. Welcome to Tribe. Welcome back to another week with us. Kay, Dev, and this week's guest we'll introduce in just a moment. This season, we're shining light on mental health. Winter blues are setting in, and I think it's important that we discuss how we can practice self-love, self-improvement, and being a mindful friend. I'm very excited to welcome Lindsay Lowe to our podcast this week. We just met, and I feel like we just meshed, girl. <laughs> I would love for you to just spend a couple of minutes and introduce yourself. Well, not a couple of minutes. You know what I mean. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. My name is Lindsay and I guess um, I live off grid with my family. I am originally from Nova Scotia. I moved after college to Alberta where I pursued a career in the field of domestic violence. Um, it was when I was in that career that I realized I was actually in a very unhealthy relationship. And so that kind of ended traumatically and that's where my like healing journey started. And I started becoming aware of the different um, just the patterns that led me to where I was in my life and why I was in that situation and wanting to just better myself and um, be able to make better choices, be around more aligned people and kind of like find myself. And that was in my mid twenties. So I'm still on that journey today and I have a family now. So it's really cool to be able to show him like my son that everything I've learned with working in the field of domestic violence which is related very closely to mental health and like I said mm -hmm. the patterns that get us into this these situations so I spent six years um, in that field and I ended it to move back to Nova Scotia when I became pregnant and uh, to be close to family so now I'm here and I do which is so cool because I know you do these as well um, the moon workshops yeah so, <laughs> that has been a guide for me since COVID happened in 2020 the moon has been such a guide for me to just have like a check-in every month of like okay how am I feeling where do yes. I want to go what do I need to release like just kind of keeping me in check every month so it's been amazing three years just holding myself accountable to do those check-ins and join with other women um, either online or in person to just be able to hold space and have that community that you know which we'll get into later too but I think in the part of mental health community and the sense of belonging is so important and that's what like that's been huge for me so um community is one of my top values so you just make me excited I feel like you know when you just and it's the same with Devin when me and Devin met we just instantly clicked and I just the second me and you started talking I was just like oh <laughs> I know it was like chills. You're like, what? There's someone else out there who's also like has similar values and similar, just like so much similarities of like stories and values and just where you're at and where you want to go. And when you get together with those people, like that's when I feel so much magic happens. It's like we're using our voices to help other people and normalize mental health. So I'm so happy we connected. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. I'm super excited that you're also here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel like, you know what I, they say when you start this new soul awakening purpose felt life that you just fall into place with the people that are meant to be with you and in your life. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's been so crazy because I feel like since I have just been more focused on bettering myself and my family and just putting in the work and it's been crazy watching the people that drift away at the same time, which can be painful, but also 
the beautiful new friendships that blossom and these people that you find and you're just like, how did we just meet now? (laughs) I know it's amazing. And even that you're local, like you meet people online, which I love online for that reason. I've been connected to amazing like-minded individuals, but the fact that we're so close in proximate, like proximity. Yes. (laughs) Wow. So super excited about that. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I'm so excited that you're on today and I would definitely love to have you back in the future. We'll get there at talking about that, but I love that there's so many similarities with like my background, Devin's background and your background. I feel like we have so much good conversations to have, but I'm happy that we're kind of starting it off here with mental health and talking about how we can be better friends, no matter what period of our life we're going through. Yes, yes. absolutely. Cause like when our, when our mental health is can promise it can be hard to be a supportive friend. Oh, especially when you're, especially when you're going through it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's so hard to be mindful of yourself, but also having to be mindful about your friends who care so much about you, but are also going through the same thing. Yeah. I, I think that's like for me in the last year, I've really been trying hard to practice being more mindful and reminding myself that even when I'm going through something that someone else is also going through something. Yes. And just being mindful with the way that I talk to them, because it's easy for us to snap at people when we're frustrated and we end up lashing out at others. You know how the saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. Yep. (laughs) So trying to be more mindful every day when I'm talking to people that no matter how upset I am, that that anger isn't on them and that it's not their fault for how I'm feeling. And that I have to remind myself to like, always talk in love no matter what I'm going through and knowing when I messed up to be able to say, you know what, I'm sorry that I said that to you. Uh, being able to, being able to apologize is such a big thing, especially in long-term friendships. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of the time when we aren't able to do that, we're just losing those friendships instead of taking care and fostering those relationships so that they're actually growing because when we're able to have those difficult times and still say, you know what, I'm sorry and fix it and talk about it. You're building your friendship. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, just ha- knowing that you have that friend that is supportive, that understands and doesn't expect you to be this perfect unflawed human being. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think for me, like the listening part too, cause I think a lot of the time we're so quick to just want to, it's like when people are speaking to us, we're already in our head thinking what we want to say. Yes. You want to respond and not listen. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, I know when I'm in a bad spot, it's like I, when I'm talking to my friends, I'm not looking for advice really, or even like, it's like, I just want to be heard. Yeah. Right. I just want to (laughs) vent and know that I'm supported and in a safe space where my venting stays here. (laughs) Yes. Like I just want to get it all out. So it's like the other person, we have all this pressure to be like, okay, how do I respond? How do I like solve their problem? But Really, I think it's important that I think we're not really looking for our friends or the other person to solve our problem when we're talking about what's going on in our lives. It's more so just like that safe space to be able to just be us and get it all out of our head because we know like how much healing comes from just speaking out loud what's going on in our head. It really is a whole different thing than keeping it up there and building Mm -hmm. and building and having those like lash outs like you said. Yeah. I have to add something. Being an active listener is is a trait that I am learning every single day. 
Because I remember, I remember even prior to therapy, I would always want to like jump in on people. I would always want to try to give them a solution. And it wasn't really until like the past like year, I'm like, Devin, like, what are you doing? Why are you not just like shutting your fucking mouth and letting them talk and listen before you say anything? But it's hard too because we're neurodivergent. So like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But like, (laughs) yeah. God love you. It's that ADHD girl. (laughs) But that's exactly, I think we're always thinking like the next thing we need to say to somebody, right? When in reality, like I did this activity once with a group of friends where it was like, somebody speaks to you and you can't respond with anything, like not even a head nod. Like you just, you can't nod or like agree. You just like look at them and listen. And it's very awkward because you're so used to like saying, yeah, like, yes. And like agreeing or showing them like, yes, nodding your head. It's like, how many times are we actually just full body, just listening to what they're saying and not thinking what we need to say next? Yeah. Yeah. And making them feel heard. Yeah. That's so important. Cause I know, especially like for me, my RSD is through the roof. <laughs> so like, not feeling hurt and especially like just prior trauma because again you don't know what that person's going through or has gone through so showing that you're actively listening and paying attention you have no idea like for some people they really don't understand that sometimes that's really all it takes is just knowing that you're being heard and that you're in a space where you can say how you feel to that person and feel supported yes absolutely gotta be that actively engaged and empathetic (laughs) (laughs) And then another thing I find too is like how we respond, right? It's like taking into account, like having empathy for other people and knowing like, I don't know, I have some people in my life where when I say what I'm like, as a mom, I'm a new mom. So like other times I've been just exhausted and I'm just like trying to, you know, explain to somebody and just have someone hear me that I'm exhausted. And then they've had kids, they've went through that and they're like, oh, you know, I've been there. I had no help. And it's like, oh, oh. That's yeah. not really oh. helpful. Like, I, oh, I know you're trying to be maybe valid. Like, maybe say, yes, I know how you feel, but there's a... T- Instead of saying, yeah, I had no help. So, yeah. okay, but, like, I'm sorry you had no help either. Like, so you understand how what I'm going through. But it's, like, sometimes we can respond in ways that's, like, you might be trying to show them that you understand, but it's, like, we really need to know, like, we're not making the people feel invalidated, right? Yes. 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 It's, like... You know, I'm allowed to be exhausted and so is someone else. And when you're saying it's like, you know, it it takes, it's so much different to say, I see you and I've been there and I'm here for you. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely feel that because I feel like I've gone through that myself. Like I have three kids and at one point before me and Dylan were together, like I was a single mom, I had my son and it was hard because I, I really didn't have support. And I remember, you know, when I would reach out to a friend And like a lot of my friends are older than me. I've always hung out with more older adults and I would reach out and say, you know, I'm just feeling this way and I'm exhausted and to feel so invalidated when they're just like, you know what? I did it with three and I did this and I did that and just make you feel like what you're going through is irrelevant because they've done it. And if they can do it, you can do it too. And it's like, there's such a different way to say that without making the person feel like they're being unheard and stomped on and that what they feel is invalidated. And then it almost leaves me, like, for me, it me- leaves me feeling worse than even saying anything. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I shouldn't have been. And then it makes you also not want to say that again. Like, okay, now that friend, I'm not going to talk how exhausted I am ever because 
clearly it's not like the the way that they respond is not validating or helpful. So then you wouldn't even want to talk about those things again. And therefore that kind of puts a barrier in the friendship because of the, the invalidation and just yes, the way absolutely. I think the empathy we need to have for people and just thinking about how we respond. And, and again, like people just want to be heard. They don't for telling them that you've had it worse or you had it this way. It's like, that's not helpful in the moment. Like, yes, we can share our experiences, but like, again, mm-hmm. being like, I'm here for you. I see you. That's really like, so just so helpful in the moment. I feel like to just like, oh, okay. Like, thank you for seeing me and hearing me. Yeah, that's absolutely. A- absolutely. Um, so speaking of that, I feel like we really need to talk about boundaries. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I gave a little pause there because I was like, oh, wait for this one. <laughs> yeah. Boundaries, okay, yeah. Man. And another, gonna... maybe on a note, let's explain what a boundary is because I still come across people who have no idea what a boundary is. They've never set one in their life. Yeah. So do you want to explain a little bit, like, what would you consider, what is a boundary? So I find I'm horrible at answering questions. So don't mind me with my squirrel brain if I go in a circle for a moment. But with boundaries, it's like setting that line of, I, I don't know, how do you form it? How do you say boundary in another way? I would <laughs> say setting like, that line okay. of saying, this is like, what I'm okay, okay with. Yeah, I'm yes, not this okay. is what I'm okay with, but this is what I'm not okay with. And I'm not selfish to set that rule. Yes. And that our boundaries can be so different. Like, boundaries are going to be different in every relationship that you have. And also like respecting other people's boundaries and knowing that's what I think makes friendships thrive is like, okay, you have this boundary and I'm respecting that boundary. So it's like when people don't respect our boundaries, that's where I feel like it gets a little like, again, there's some people who are like, well, again, the work needs to be done in the healing before it's like people understand that you're just doing that to protect your energy and it's nothing Mm -hmm. against the person, right? It's to protect your energy. And some people just, if they've never been told no or never have had a boundary set, then they can take that pretty harsh. And they get very offended. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. It is, uh... Even when, it's, even no, when it has ahead. nothing to do with them. It's like, okay, this is set for myself and it is not affecting you in any way, shape, or form other than I might not allow you to act that way around me. Yeah. Or be that way. Yeah. And especially when it comes to our mental health, people have to understand like your mental health has to come first. Like, how can I be a friend to you if I'm not even taking care of myself? You have to set those boundaries and there has to be respect in that. Whether you understand it or not, you don't have to understand it, but you need to respect it. Yes. And I find that's really hard because I've, I mean, I've even had this conversation with other people where they're coming to me and saying, you know, I tried to tell them how I felt. I tried to tell them I wasn't okay with this. And it was just like, you're just not getting it. It's just a joke. Like, just chill out. And it's like, you ha- can't, just because you don't understand, even if someone explains it to you the best way they can and you still don't get it, at that point, you need to be able to just drop it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there, there's not an argument. This person's telling you, this is how I feel. And whether yes. you understand it or not, they're telling you they feel this way and you have to respect them. Absolutely. Dev, you're quiet over there. I just agree with everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's setting boundaries. So you go ahead, Devin. You say what you are. I mean, setting boundaries is really important to me. I've had to set boundaries, you know, with my parents, which was probably one of the hardest boundaries I've ever had to set. But it was Is set. it ever? It is so hard. 
but yeah, you know what? They still look at us like we're their children. I know. But and you I'm know like, what? <laughs> it went really good. And I wasn't expecting that. But when I put s- specific boundaries in place, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, like we need to actually smarten up here. Because I feel like a lot of people, just because you're like mother and daughter, father and daughter or whatever, it's still a relationship and it still needs to be nurtured even though you're not a child anymore. Yeah. And I truly do believe that. Mm Mm-hmm. But also setting boundaries with your, with like your friends. And I want to share an experience that I had when I was younger that I had a friend, a very close friend of mine at the time, um, stop wanting to speak to me because I wanted to get on antidepressants and I wanted to make myself better, which is so crazy to me. But to have someone flip out at you because you tell yourself that you want to get better and you want to be on medication and then them completely like take everything out on you and say that you're like the worst person ever just because you're like, hey, I can't come out tonight. I am really sick because of my medication. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's something where I was like, whoa, at 21, 22 years old, I'm learning that I have to set boundaries with friends now. And I'm yes. still learning at 28 that you still have to set boundaries with friends, whether yeah. you've known them for a long time or you've known them for a short time. Yeah, yes. and it's like friends, especially family. And I feel like people need to learn the respect in in these things. Like we don't have, again, we don't have to agree, but you need to respect that this is my decision for my own life. And I find a lot of the time, especially with family, they don't know when, where that line is that they feel this is my belief. So I need to put this belief onto you rather than understanding. Like I am my own person. I appreciate that you care, but please don't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Please stop. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so while we're talking about boundaries, I would love if we like just t- talk about some different ways that we can set boundaries when it comes to our mental health and making that safe space for ourselves without feeling that we are being selfish. Absolutely. So one that I always think of is like, so say you have like a friend who calls you quite frequently and just kind of like uses you as your like emotional outburst. Like they call, they're always in crisis. And then it's like at the time, sometimes with we don't have the space to listen to other people's crises. We have so much going on in our own lives. So to me, it's always good for myself when I'm like feeling like I need to vent or let out. It's like, I'll ask, do you have space for this right now? Yes. I just had this conversation yes. today. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. there's times people think like they're just in crisis and you answer the phone, you're not expecting. And they're just like full blown crying. And it's like, trauma dumping. Not, yeah. Like I was not prepared for this. And like, I have all this other stuff going on in my own life. So it's like, then you feel like you can't properly be there for your friends. So being mindful and knowing like, when you do do, do those emotional vents and, and loads is like being respectful of the other person and saying, Hey, I really need to talk. Like, do you have space? Do you have the mental? And that took me a while to do that. Like I used to be the one calling people in crisis. And then I thought, Oh my goodness, I need to actually start asking people if they, Hey, I have something on my chest that I really need to talk about. Like, do you have space and time and like setting that space and time with them? knowing, giving them a heads up. Like I have a lot going on. So you're not just, you know, bombarding your friends at all hours crying. And you know, there are crisis lines for those things too. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, 
not yeah. using our friends as that like immediate crisis response and putting it all on them without asking permission. Like you don't know what's going on in their life at the time. And like now yes. you might be adding extra that's going in and you're both just not in the headspace to be dealing with each other's trauma and crisis that's coming up. Yes. And I love that you said that. Cause I was going to bring that up because I just had this conversation today with my best friend and I was just like, at the same time, because I know that she has her things and I have mine and we're both neurodivergent and we're both Aquarius. So I know that both of us like our solace and our space. So that's a really big thing. That's something that I had to thank her for today. And I was like, you know, thank you for just being that friend that I can be raw and emotional with and that we respect each other's boundaries. You know, I'll call her and say, you know, I'm really having a hard time. And most of the time she'll say, yeah, you know, okay, let's talk. But there are times when she'll say, you know, my energy is not, I just can't today, girl. Like, Give me two hours. Let me have a shower. I'm sorry. I don't want to leave you hanging, but I just, I can't right now. Yes. And I have to respect that and not get mad at her. I, you know what I mean? Because so many people are selfish. Just how dare you? I am hurting and you're my friend. And it's like, yes. And as your friend, you should respect what they're telling you, how they're feeling as well. And you need to respect that. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm really big on telling people I'm busy. <laughs> I <She> have <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to set a, I had to set boundaries like that with a friend before who, you know, it was like I wanted to be there for her. I wanted to support her, but every time she was phoning me, she was in this absolute like crisis of these crazy things happening of like just being involved with the police or being involved with like the in the hospital and all these like traumatic things that she was just spiraling and it was like I I was not in the space and I'm like, I am so sorry. And I want to be here for you, but like, mm -hmm. I can't be that midnight call anymore. Like I need to take a step back from this relationship. Here are my suggestions. You go like, I'm really good at referring people on things that have helped me. Right. It's like, here are the resources that I found helpful when I was in crisis and experiencing this, you know, check these out. I'm here for you. But like, again, it's not our job and our responsibility to be like that main source for somebody to be, you know, latching on and coming at us with everything that's going on and us to just be there. That's, that's, you know, there's professions for that. Yes. I so agree yes. with that because I recently went through something similar with that and it's really hard. And, and especially when you have to end up ending those friendships, because sometimes they just cannot understand what you're trying to say, or they just simply don't respect it for me, like similar to you. Well, we're all similar with this, with the domestic abuse stuff. I that's one thing that I really can't handle like that's kind of where my boundary line is if you're calling you know it's different if it's maybe one time if you're calling me and you're in an abusive relationship and you're choosing to stay I can't be that person that you keep calling he punched me in the face he did this to me and it just keeps staying because it is so triggering to me and it makes me yes. spiral because I can't see that I can't see your face bruised and broken Yes. And knowing that you're going to go back to that person. And I am worried sick about you. I am scared. And all of my own triggers and traumas are coming up. Yes. And I yep. had a friend that was doing that to me. And I had to end the entire friendship because I kept telling her, like, you can't keep calling me at three and four in the morning, screaming, crying, sending me pictures of your face all smashed apart, harming yourself, doing all these things and expecting that I like you can just keep doing that to people. And then when I yeah. drew that line and said, if you're going to choose to stay in this relationship, that is your choice and I'll respect it, but you can't keep calling me because this is very triggering for me and it's affecting my personal life. And then that was why it had to end the friendship was because when I did try to set that boundary, it was you're selfish. How dare you? Nobody loves me. It was poor me, poor me, poor me, completely disregarding everything I said about my own feelings to just talk about being the victim. And I, I get it because I've been in that position as well when I was in mine. 
but when it, it was just that, that boundary, you know what I mean? And I think that, that that's the thing too, is not knowing at the time when you're in your situation too. And in my situation, it's like, I didn't know about boundaries. So like me thinking about other people's boundaries, it's like, I just didn't learn or know that that was even like people, again, I think the term is so new to people is that we're just so used to being people pleasers and that we have to say yes, yes to everybody. And it's like, no, this is a new topic that's coming up within the last few years of boundaries and healthy boundaries. So I just love that. It's like we're teaching people that you're allowed to say yes and no to protect your space. And same with what you did, like saying how, you know, that was starting to cause re-triggering and trauma to you resurfacing. It's like you just needed to protect yourself. Yes. There was no harm to the friend. It's like in in the end of the day, we need to protect ourselves first because then we can't take care of anybody. So Exactly. And yeah. that's it is we need to not feel like we're being selfish to press pause and take time for ourselves. Yes. Yep. And I think that that's like, that's something so important, like being unapologetic and saying no. And when you practice saying no, it feels so good. And I have literally said this to people that I mentored. I was like, I want you to stand in the mirror and I just want you to say no. Practice saying no. And I was like, and then I want you to go out and I want you to ask people the dumbest questions that you know they're going to say no to just so that you can practice hearing the word no from someone else as well. Yeah, I love I that. I like that. Yeah. And yeah. just learning how to hear the word no and how to also say no and be okay with it. And once you start doing it, it feels so good that like you're excited to tell someone no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easier. It gets yeah. so much easier once you like do the initial. Cause I know looking back in my life too, it's like, I always, I was such a people pleaser. So anytime I got invited to anything, I felt like I have to go or this person's going to be upset with me. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, I'd have to have this like, big excuse and explanation if I can't make something I'd write this big paragraph right trying to explain myself and now I'm just like absolutely not I'm so much easier at saying like you know what that doesn't work for my schedule it's not going to work like you don't explain yourself this big long thing which I always did like oh you know I did this and this and this so I can't and it's like no you don't need to do that if it says and then also having that initial feeling is like when someone asks you something within the first few seconds it's like I'll usually feel whether it's like yes I want to do that or no I don't want to do that or no I can't do that right so it's like listening to that initial feeling where it's like if that feels like a no it's like why are we pushing ourselves to do these things it's like there's some sort of I think like a pleasing scenario it's like we're doing this and again there's situations that maybe sometimes I have a good friend that there's a birthday party and yes, I go to things even though if I don't want to go, but again, I'm doing it for my friend. Like, yes, there's those scenarios, Mm -hmm. but Oh, absolutely. Being able when it comes to your mental health and it's like not feeling up for it. If I'm invited to a birthday party and I'm not in a good spot to say no and not feel bad that you're putting yourself first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love, I'm loving this so far. I just feel like all of us mesh so well. (laughs) (laughs) And did you say you're an Aquarius? Is that what you said? I am an Aquarius. So am I. Shut up. (laughs) Y'all. Y'all, I'm a Leo. (laughs) I am a hard Leo. I have lots of Leo friends, so that's funny. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I did not know. That's another reason why we probably clicked so well. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, let's take a break for a moment. And then we will come right back. Cool. All right. All right. 
we're back from break. Thanks for waiting with us. So I feel like we were just getting in deep and I was loving how we were talking about setting boundaries and setting healthy boundaries. So I feel like maybe we should talk about what are some healthy boundaries that we can set with our friends and loved ones? Ooh. <laughs> I know, it's a goodie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. First. <laughs> Somebody else. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I recently Ooh. set a boundary with my family. Um, and my boundary was just about them respecting the lifestyle that I choose to live with my children. And that we have to be able to, regardless of whether you understand me or not, of just being able to respect that this is my life to live. Because from the gener the generation where I was, like I was the baby kind of thing. And so I feel like even to this day now, I'm still treated like I'm the baby. And I am almost 35 years old. <laughs> yes. So for me, it was like, I'm never treated like an adult in my family. When something goes wrong, they call my mother. And then my mother's calling me being like, did you say this and this? And I'm like, why is she even calling you? <laughs> I'm a grown up. Why are you not calling me? So I <laughs> made a point this year to start reaching out to my family and telling them like, my past is my past. The things of my past are things of my past, but this is who I am now. And I'm sorry if I've ever done anything to hurt you or upset you, but like, this is the life I am living now. And that past is in the past for a reason. And it belongs in the past. And I don't live yeah. there anymore. And this is the life I'm living with me and my children. And if you cannot respect that, then we can be cordial with each other, but I'm not going to be fake or pretend to be someone I'm not when I'm around you and tiptoe on eggshells. This is who I am. Take me or leave me. Yep. Agreed. And being okay with saying that because a lot of the time we're afraid to step up to the elders in our family because they're older than us. And we we're always in our generation, especially respect your elders. And I hate that so oh, much. Oh, fuck that. Fuck that. I thought <laughs> that. <laughs> and I you can tell, you can tell I'm passionate about that. I don't fucking care if you're 80 years old. If you're not going to respect me, I'm not going to fucking respect you, whether you're old or not. Absolutely. It's just the way it's going to fucking go with me. Yeah. And I know that this is something that icks you too. And like, I just, I just recently set this boundary with another relative of mine just last weekend and just said, listen, like the old me, this person you keep bringing up, I don't live there no more, sweetheart. Like that's not who I am. So you can be a part of getting to know me now or just leave me alone. But I'm not going to constantly have you throwing my past in my face and be like, oh, you did this or you did that. I don't live there anymore. I've apologized to you for anything I've ever done to hurt you. But this is where I stand today. And she straight out was like, you need to respect your elders and da 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 da. And it was like the second I gave her one thing that she didn't like to hear was you need to respect your elders. And it was like, why do I have to respect you when you have given me no reason to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not cursing and yelling. I'm just telling you how I feel. So the fact that you find it offensive that I'm telling you something you did hurt me and I'm setting a boundary of saying this is who I am and you're not going to bring up my past or try to make me feel small because I'm living the way I am now. And, you know, I find that especially family, you get more support from strangers than you do from family a lot of the time because your family has known you your whole life. And then when you decide that you want to be a better person or you want to make better moves or you want to change the way you live or live off grid or whatever you want to do, that they have to throw all their opinions around of, oh, so now you think you're better than me? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
I have an example. So like with my son, so setting boundaries when he was a baby and like having family members who like, if I showed up at a family member's house and they had friends over and then my family members telling like, Oh, let so-and-so hold the baby. And I'd have to put a boundary in and be like, uh, no, I actually don't want so-and-so holding the baby because these, this person's no one to me and my baby. So like, I am not going to just let this person I've met one, two times, you know, I don't know people and what their intentions are and babies are precious, especially my baby. So I had to set boundaries where they think, Oh, just let so-and-so get a picture with him. It's like, for what purpose? Like whose picture this, he doesn't know my baby and I don't know him and I don't like, this is just, no, I don't, I'm protecting my baby's energy is that he does not need to be held by a stranger. Yeah, And that's my own boundary. But then having my family, oh my goodness, like they just can't believe, right? That. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh, you still there, girl? You cut out. Oh, I hope we didn't lose her. You there, Dev? And I'm here. Yeah. All right. We're there. <laughs> and my, and uh, my mom, um, well, I should say family member, my family members, um, when I say what I'm going to choose to feed my son or what I don't want him to have, and then it's, oh, well, you had it and you were fine. And it's like, okay, oh, God, I hate when I do like, that. Like, okay, but like, also, I know now the difference, right? Like, when I'm a child, yeah. I don't know how bad some, some of these items are for me. And then when I learn and do the, you know, the looking into and wanting to live like a healthier, I might have yeah. grew up on that, but I'm choosing I don't want my son to grow up on that because I know better, right? Exactly. I, I dealt with the exact same thing because it's like your parents go, oh, that foolishness. That wasn't around when I, when I had you. And it's like, well, yeah, technology changes. Yes. <laughs> we get new science to be able to see these things. And so yep. we're able to, you know, find ways of, you know, even the stuff with SIDS, of learning about SIDS and different things that prevent it. You guys didn't know that then, but you know this now. Yes. And that's what I always am saying to my like family and friends is, my biggest slogan is when we know better, we do better, right? So yes. It's okay if back then I tell my family all the time, it's okay you didn't know. And like, you know, smoking in the house back then and like feeding us all yeah. these foods. Like, it's okay you didn't know. I'm not ever, ever holding that against you. It's that now I know better and I'm not going to allow those things for my child to take place. Exactly. And I feel like a part of it is their own guilt, I think, because we get yes. their feelings of feeling guilty and we lash out at that other person because we feel like, oh, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. not about the fact that you didn't, you didn't know there's a yes. difference. You didn't know. And no one is coming at you because of that. We all no. understand that you didn't know, but I find that people don't know how to hear. Again, it comes back to that having mindful listening and not listening to repeat and to re- respond. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, And respecting yes. is that it's okay. The way you chose, like everyone has their own way of parenting and it's okay. The way you chose. And yes, I turned out if you want to quote fine, but I now have no difference and I'm going to make different decisions based on what I know for my own family. So it's like, why does that have to be offensive that I'm not going to give my child junk food? It's like this big offense. Like, Oh my goodness, you're a right. parent or oh, I can't right. believe you. Like, what do you mean? Like, why should that be anyone else's concern? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Like, okay. Or like, this is the other thing. Then finding out that your family is like, giving the food when you're not around and it's like that again that's not respecting my boundary just because I'm not there and like giving me certain things that I ask you and say like we're gonna stay away from 
Yes. And- I had a really hard time with that with my biological father. Um, because he's still struggling with this (laughs) yeah like it was just one of those things that he just refused to respect my boundaries with my children and it was like oh you know I'm the grandparent I'm supposed to spoil them and it's like there's a difference of spoil them and just being disrespectful of me and my children I don't give my children pop and junk food and my son is high risk because my ex-husband is diabetic and diabetes runs on my side of the family as well so my doctor told me right from the jump, like your son has a real good chance of being diabetic. So like, I'm really big on making sure that he has a healthy diet and that he has an active lifestyle. And my father was giving him pop in a straw. Like, you know, when you put your finger over it, yes. like a little suction and feeding it to him. And he was like six months old and I walked in and caught him and I lost it. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like he is six months old. And it's like, that's crazy. It's just, it's just some pop. It's just Coke. I don't care what it is. You know, I don't yes. give this to my child. And it's just like that. He, 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 here, have some more. And it's like, no, no, no. I know. And it feels so disrespectful to the person. It's like, wow. Like it's so disrespectful when you feel like your boundaries, you're speaking it. First of all, you're taking the time to actually express how you feel, but then for someone to not even have any regard or care about like how you're feeling and go against it. It's like, mm-hmm. And that's what makes it hard because when setting boundaries with friends, it's like sometimes our friendships can end when people don't respect our boundaries, but family's a little harder because like you're more like, I shouldn't say you're stuck with family because you get to choose, right? You can still, you can choose not to be around toxic family, but it's a little bit harder when you have healthy relationships with your family, right? Yes. Because especially if that person is the type of person that likes the conflict, because with the friendship, I can easily end the friendship, block the person and call it a day. No one's calling me in five minutes to talk about it. Yeah. But when I cut off my father, well, oh, I, yeah. my phone was ringing all day. How dare you do this to my brother? Oh, you're such a disrespectful niece. You know, you have your whole family and it's all turning into this bubbling drama. And it just snowballs because the phone calls are going around. Everyone's whispering and talking and you're the asshole. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I think too, like a big thing with boundaries is just when friends do set those with you or family, it's like, instead of reacting, like take a minute to just think about how they're feeling and where they're coming from and know that they're just trying to protect their own energy. It's nothing personal. That's like the rule number one is don't take anything personal because it's clearly, it's not about you. It's about the other person and how they want to feel. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of that, I just want to touch on that before I forget with my goldfish brain, because <laughs> <laughs> I will forget. There are ways for us to go around doing that in a way that doesn't hurt the other person. Because a lot of the time when we're setting those boundaries, we're, it's not necessarily, I shouldn't even say setting boundaries, because some of us aren't technically setting boundaries. We're just kind of disappearing into the background. And then we get mad when our friends notice that. And so, for example me being an Aquarius, I know that I like my solitude, but I've been practicing mindfulness for the last little while. So I try to remember even when I want that solitude and a friend reaches out that it is important for me to still connect with that person and say, Hey, you know, I'm just not in a good headspace right now. I don't want to talk or whatever way I have to say it. But there is, I feel like it's important that we know that our friends care about us because we lash out at our friends when we're hurting when our friends are just trying to check on us and because when you notice that shift in energy, you notice that your friend is being different yeah. and you're like, I'm, you know, I'm worried about her. We should never second guess calling that person to check on them because it shouldn't be your reaction to snap and lose it because I check on you because I haven't yes. heard from you for a while. 
Yes. And it's, I think that's important to talk about because I feel like I've had this conversation with so many people and they've all said the same thing of it's so hard because I'm the type of person, like I'm, I'm an empath and I'm very empathetic. I'm going to call you and check on you. The second I feel that energy shift, I'm like, something's different. We usually talk. She's not reaching out. I'm going to reach out and say, Hey, how are you doing? And we have to learn how to be able to respond with mindfulness and not snapping at our friends or being nasty or being mean and saying hurtful things. Yes. Yes. We can set those boundaries in a healthy way without being hurtful. Yes. Absolutely. I think another thing too to know is like this fast paced now life that we have within like technology and all these different apps and like ways that we communicate with people is that for me, I know it can become super overwhelming. So sometimes when I'm taking a minute, it's like, I'll have some friends be like, oh, you didn't text me back, but I seen you on Instagram. And it's like, okay. Yes, oh my God. But we need to also like keep in mind that just because times are fast now doesn't mean that we're expected to keep up with this fast and you don't get an instant message back. Like sometimes it takes people time and people have lives and to not get offended. Like I, that's happened to me so many times where it's like, I might not be in the, have the energy to respond to a conversation, but I have a few minutes that I'm scrolling on my phone. Yes. And it's not to take anything personal. It's like our attention is being pulled in so many directions that it's like hard sometimes to be able to go in and focus and answer all of our Instagram messages, Facebook messages and text messages. You know, it just kind of sometimes for me, I find I it takes me a while. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my goodness, I didn't see this. I don't go through my messages on a daily basis. Like I sometimes just have them all over and I go in and be like, okay, I'm going to take some time now and go through my Instagram ones. Okay. Now I'm going to go through my Facebook ones. And it's like, again, just realizing the times we're in now and not thinking that we just expect from our friends that we need like that instant message back and that instant response because it's just not realistic. I find now that a lot of people are almost conditioned to feel like we need to respond back right away. Like yes. they just expect it. And it's like, okay, when I was younger, I 110%, I messaged somebody back like the second they messaged me back. Now that I'm an adult and I'm 28 years old, the likelihood of me messaging you back in like 10 to 15 minutes is kind of slim unless I'm like actively on my phone. Yes. And I'm always... trying to be more, more in the present and yes. not on my phone. And people get offended sometimes by that. And I always think back, like, I still write my grandfather. We write letters back and forth. He's in Ontario. And we've been doing it my whole life. And I think back to his day. It's like, we had to wait, like, a week for a letter from somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, we expect, like, minutes. So I'm always like, just because yeah. the times have changed does not mean, like, I'm, I can't keep up with it. And it, to me, it's like, I have to let people know, like, hey, yes, I might have got your email. I have a busy life right now. Also, our, our attention's being pulled in all these different apps and spaces. And it's just like overwhelming sometimes for me, I shut down and it's like, okay, like I can't respond to anybody right now. And it might take a few hours or even a day for me to get back to people. And it's like not taking that personal and knowing that we don't have to be fast as technology. Like we're yes, And we shouldn't have to apologize for it. No, because that's the other thing is like, we're instantly, Oh, I'm so sorry that I didn't get right back to you. And it's like, yes. you shouldn't have to apologize because we're not jumping on our phone. The second someone messages us, this is the wonderful thing about that part of technology is I can answer at my own convenience. Yes. So I hate it when someone will consistently keep messaging and messaging and I yes. call you being like, I messaged you three times. And it's like, well, I you, know. 
what part, you know, it's like when you call the first time, when you call, you leave a message and the person calls you back at their convenience. Yes. <laughs> but I hate it when people just consistently, it's about those, you know, that boundary. And I purposely will not answer the phone when people start doing that because um, it, it actually irks the crap out of me because it's like, I am a human being. I do not have to answer my phone because you're calling. I am busy right now and I will call you back. Yeah. And I find that's really, really hard. And again, like even with family, because I know people in my family get mad at me and they're like, oh, I know you work on your phone all the time. And, and it's like, you know what? Like, oh, yes. I'm a full-time photographer. I have three kids. And the 10,000 things I'm trying to do, sometimes I just, even if I am home and I'm able to answer the phone, sometimes I honestly just don't want to because I just want to break. Yes. Maybe my kid is sleeping and I'm like, this 45-minute nap is like all the quiet I'm going to get before my older kids get off the school bus and the house is noisy. And I just want to soak up this time of quiet and drink tea and I don't have to apologize for that absolutely yeah yep. 100% like I just think it's so important that we learn to set boundaries and not just setting boundaries with other people but we need to learn how to also set boundaries with ourselves. yeah yes <laughs> that's a really important I know that one that too. was a big one for me like learning to set boundaries with myself that I needed to start doing every day until it became a habit Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, like, and I I would love if we could just like take a few minutes and talk about that because I think there are some healthy boundaries that all of us need to set for ourselves unapologetically and just set them to be a better me. Mine, for example, is with my phone. Like I'm having like boundaries with my phone and like when I'm using it and what I'm using it for. And like, that's been a huge one for me lately is like, okay, like having those designated times and not being sucked into like because when I'm on my phone, it's like, again, you're seeing things. It's just such a fast pace. And like, Devin, I think you said earlier about like trying to be in the moment more and setting those boundaries yes. of like, okay, mm -hmm. as soon as I wake up, I'm not touching my phone. And that's a boundary for me. It's like, I'm not getting sucked into the news and everything that's going on in the world to affect my mood. I'm going to like set that like, no, I'm going to listen to music and dance in my kitchen while I'm making food with my baby and choose not to be a part of that. So, and it can be yeah. hard too, because any of those little moments that you're like, oh, okay, it's just such a habit that you know we've all I think been like just ingrained to that it's like that's a boundary that I'm setting with myself is with my phone and yeah with my time is doing things that feel like I yes I want to do those and like really reserving my time for the things that feel like man like I don't really feel like doing that and like wasting my energy to do those things that I could have used that energy to do stuff that I actually love and that's bringing a lot more joy right yes, yes. yeah I love that because I do the same thing when I get up in the morning. Um, I, I take my phone and like put it in my robe pocket or wherever. And so I'm just bringing it out with me. And then I connect to my Bluetooth speaker and I put on um, Tony Jones. I love her affirmational music. So that's like my jam every morning. I start her album and I make breakfast for my daughter. The big kids go off to school and it's just like our time. I light my incense I go around the house and I just do, you know, some like cleaning, getting breakfast ready and just having that time alone with my daughter and just like relaxing and starting the day off right with those affirmations and the music and just setting the energy. Yes. It makes such a difference for your whole day. It really Honestly. does. And just taking that time to be with yourself is so important because so, so much of the time, and I, I talk about this often, <laughs> so much of the time we bully ourselves into productivity we're just waking yeah. up and it's like a robot. Wake up, go, 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 crash, wake up and do it all over again. 
Yeah. Check emails, check messages, check this. Okay. Like it's like, yes. And (laughs) we have to unapologetically be okay with getting up and saying this first hour, no excuses. This first hour that I wake up is about me starting my day off properly by loving myself and letting myself wake up and nurture how I'm feeling journal, eat some food to fuel my body to get through the day and give that energy that I give to everybody else so effortlessly to myself. Yes. Because we're so quick to take care of everybody else, our kids, our husbands, our family, our work stuff. And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh my God, I just want a glass of wine. I'm exhausted. Like we're not taking care of ourselves and we need to be okay with setting those boundaries and getting up and taking care of us. Because even when I talk to other people, it, there's a million excuses. And I'm like, there's, this, there's no excuses. This is your life. They're like, I don't exactly. have time to take care of myself. You can't not have time to take care of yourself. Uh, that's me right now with going to the gym. I don't care if uh, I don't have time to go to the gym. I have to make time to go to the gym. Yes. Because I have also learned that the only time people are not going to bother me and I'm not going to have my phone is at the gym. And what do I do at the gym? Get fucking better. But also yeah. there is a study with ADHD and in the winter time, we go into that slumber a lot of the time. And they're saying that when we are working out and we're lifting things and we're moving, that it actually helps us that we don't go into that depression and keeping ourselves moving. So like, I know that that's something really important to me and I haven't been going to the gym as much since I moved to the Valley for the simple point of everything here closes really early. So I just feel like I literally don't have time because it's not open long enough, (laughs) (laughs) but I still try to make an effort to do those things and to get to the gym when I can. And I do have to get better at doing that and finding a new schedule that works around my hubby schedule. So I have time to go to the gym. But those things are really important and we need to learn how to unapologetically just take that time for ourselves with no excuses and no BS and just be like, this is my time, period. Yes. And being okay with it. (laughs) Yes. Because I feel like that's a boundary that I have to say. I was like, I love setting alarms on my phone to do things because I know that I forget and I lose track of the day. So like I live with alarms and notepads. But when I, take my, <laughs> I love it. So when I take my time for myself, all of those things have to go away because I will look at them and I'll peek at them. And then I start to contemplate if I've had too much me time and I need to go answer this message because I keep seeing my phone light up. So I put my phone away and I put it face down and it's on vibrate so that I don't have anything to make me feel like, oh, well, someone's messaging me. Maybe I should stop having me time because they've messaged me three times. Like, what if they really want to talk? And it's like, I have to just unapologetically unplug and take my me time for me with no interruptions, no sidetracking anything. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I just. That was a good conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I have one more thing to add. Um, so another thing that I find helpful too, is like when I say, say like community and how important that's been to me and that sense of belonging when it comes to my mental health, I think like, I know for myself, anytime I have like an event planned with my friends, like I try to plan something once a month with a friend or with a couple friends, um, a get together, whether we rent an Airbnb for the night or we go to the spa, we go on a hike, whatever it is. It's something that like, it gives me something to look forward to and yeah. feel like what every time if I do do events with friends where we, we all gather, it's like 
everyone feels so good after when you're with like-minded individuals who are there and you're there like wanting to do things you're interested in and you do it together as a group. It's like when you leave that sense of just like fulfillment and belonging. I think like going into the winter months is like trying to have something planned once a month with like with your friends or with family, something to look forward to. And also just to get everyone together because we can be so busy where we forget to make that time that we need to be connected and with other people too. Like we are a social species. So yes, I you know, I'm so happy you brought this up because <laughs> that is the whole reason that I created tribe was because I wanted a safe space where women could just come together and unplug and have fun. But it is so hard to bring people together once a month. I love that you have that because I feel like that's what I've been searching for was like just getting away and unplugging from everything and once a month being able to go out and just have women coming together and sharing energy and laughing and growing and just unplugging from the outside world for a moment. Yes, like the feeling afterwards. Yes, like every time it's like, I know, like even just recently, like my friend had turned 30. <clears throat> so for her birthday, we booked an Airbnb and a couple of us went and we were all so excited leading up to it. The, like the month of, we're like, wow, everyone's so excited. And then we do it in the day of, we're all in such a great mood and we're all just enjoying our time together. And it's like, you just leave feeling so just energized and just yes. it has to be the great your like, cup is be, full yes and it has to be like the like-minded right you get you get around people who have similar interests and have different things that you're passionate about that you can share and grow on because there are also spaces that I've been in where I'm like yeah this isn't really my vibe like girl oh my god preach I, to the choir <laughs> just being around people that have similar interests and similar values yes. right yes that is so important because I so feel that because I feel like, especially since my spiritual journey has changed, um, I don't know, people get their own opinion of rather than asking and being like, so what is it exactly, you know, that you do or you believe or what's your spiritual practice or whatever, they just come to this conclusion. And it's so hard sometimes being in a room with other people because of just the ignorance and the comments and not feeling like you can fully be yourself, like you can be 50% you, but you kind of have to mask a little bit because you might upset someone. Absolutely. It's so important to be around those like-minded people who and, just love you for who you are. And even if, even if you're different, to be able to say, yes. I, never really, I never really understand that, but like, good for you, girl. You know what I mean? Without yes. hatred, without anything of just... I don't get it, but like, good for you, honey. <laughs> yes. And like I said, we can, I know people are like, well, I like my alone time. And you know, a lot of people, I don't like people. I don't want to meet anyone, but it's like, when it comes down to biology, we are a social species. So we cannot yes. like, we can't go against biology is that it has shown there are studies that connecting with other people and being part of a community and feeling a sense of belonging does wonders for your mental health. So I encourage everybody out there to find your tribe like you say yeah. right like find your people that you can just like be show up to these things and see how you feel if it's not how you're feeling try something else like just exactly knowing that we need that and that's gonna do so much for your mental health over the winter is just like connecting with other people that that get you that see you and that you can be yourself yes and a part of that is like being vulnerable because I find sometimes that's what keeps people from doing that yes it's meeting new people. It's the fear of rejection, the fear of the unknown. And that makes it hard for some people to get out. But it's like pushing those boundaries and getting outside of our comfort zone because nothing grows where we stay comfortable. Uh, yeah, you have absolutely. to get out there, get active in your community, 
talk to people at the gym when you're at the gym take out your ear pod your ear pods for a minute and just kind of connecting to your community and building friendships and you know like us I'm so glad that I got to meet you and I'm looking forward to getting to build a friendship with you I know I'm so excited so thank you I think we might have lost Devin yes we lost Devin I could hear the pups barking so she probably had to take them out for their tinkle Okay, well, I'll let you wrap it up here. So I think we're maybe running yes. out of time here. I'm but. so happy that you joined me and Dev, and I'm so happy to have met you. And I look forward to having you on again, if you will come and join us again. Anytime. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I hope everybody has a fantastic Friday, and I hope that you join us next Friday for a new episode. Good night. Good night.